Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries, a podcast about the interesting characters from our surveying and spatial industry and their unique perspectives on life and our industry. I'm Peter Cox and I use my 25 years of contacts as a surveyor and teacher to dig deep into the lives of others. Each fortnight, I delve into the life and times of people from all over the world who share the same profession and passions. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel, like, comment, feel free to share with your friends. Do you have a question about the surveying or spatial industry? Or would you like to join me for a chat? Or would you like to hear from someone in particular? If so, send me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram and we can catch up. This week I chat with John Minahan, another legend of our profession. How could I not play this one on Global Surveyors Week? So grab your drink, sit back and relax while we chat. With Peter Cox. Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries. My guest today is John Minahan from J.R. Minahan Land and Engineering Surveyors. John has been working in the industry for over 40 years. Growing up in the northwestern suburbs of Newcastle, not far from the university. John wanted to be a draftsman growing up and he hasn't always been a surveyor and throughout his working life he has had some unique jobs. A BHP labourer, psychiatric nurse, TAFE teacher to name a few. Well known to our industry, John has won, as he puts it, heaps of awards and he is now semi-retired. Although I don't think surveyors ever retire, he enjoys the finer things in life such as spending time with his family, surfing, gardening and his biggest hobby, collecting old surveying gear. A monument to our industry, welcome John and thanks for joining me today. I feel very privileged to have you on. Thank you, Peter. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you. <laughs> so, John, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, you were born up in Newcastle. Uh, yeah, born in Warrapa and in, on the 22nd of February, 1948. So mm -hmm. that makes me in about six days, I'll be 73. Yep. Uh, and I believe I can lay claim to the oldest person to date <laughs> on your podcast. Is that correct? Exactly. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, uh, so far, yes, you are. And I'm looking forward to some of the stories that uh, you have for me. So are you still yeah. in that area around the Waratah area? Uh, I'm, I live now at uh, Warners Bay. Um, not directly on the foreshores of Lake Macquarie, but about I could walk from my office where I am at the moment down to the foreshore at Warners Bay on Lake Macquarie, and that would be about a thousand metre walk. I can't see the lake anymore because of the high rises that's been <laughs> put between my place, but it's uh, yeah, very pleasant place to be. Predominantly, my practice has been uh, on the eastern side of Lake Macquarie. That's mm -hmm. where I've done most of my work. Uh, early days in my practice, I also did 
quite a bit of work on the western side of Lake Macquarie. Um, gone as far down as the central coast, gone up the valley, been at travel to do work as far as maybe Taree. Yeah. Uh, but uh, predominantly eastern side of, of Lake Macquarie. So you'd probably know most of the marks around that area then? I've got a pretty good record <laughs> and I've always been one that when I find a mark anywhere, I always place some check marks relative to it. It oh, might okay. take a little and I quite often will get calls from other surveyors that may be looking for a particular buried mark. It's gone or they can't find it. Yeah. And they notice a drill hole in the curb with a little wing that's not a registered deposited band mark. But quite often I'll get a call, oh, John, did you? And quite often I can help them with that. Yeah, okay. So I you... don't regard it as a secret service and <laughs> surveyors. Uh, should cooperate and work together. This Most is definitely. one of my mantras. So. Yep, I agree with that. And I think I notice these days now that I'm starting to make some more contacts with surveyors that there are there are certain groups that are quite happy to do that and they're, they're there to help each other out. And then you st still have, you know, some who have the mentality of secrecy, no, not telling you anything. Um, but of the whole, uh, I found that it has really changed to be a more inclusive um, society. <laughs> well, there's, there's a really good reason for it, in my opinion, too, is that it's hard enough doing a good definition and an accurate redefinition with the marks that we can find. Yeah. And what tends to happen if you don't find them people will come up with a different concept of where the boundary is, which doesn't always correspond with where it was. Mm -hmm. So if you can say to someone, well, look, the mark's gone, I found it, and I put this check mark in from it, and my suggestion is lay back in where the mark was using the check mark and then go about your job as if you were fortunate enough to find the mark. Um, so we tend to agree more. Yeah. And disagree. Yeah. Which, in the eyes of the public, surveyors are these magic people that arrive and suddenly they've re-established a boundary. Um, and they can't really understand why surveyors can get boundaries fixed in different positions. Yeah. Um, and that's a good reason why it happens and that's a good reason to share the knowledge. You know? Definitely. Most, yes, I agree with that. So let's go back to you finished high school. Yeah. In Newcastle? I started work. Newcastle? <laughs> I, I, I went to a school called um, Newcastle Boys High. Uh -huh. I left school when I was 14 years and nine months. Wow. I had, to get, I had to get special permission to leave school. You couldn't leave school unless you were 15. Okay. But I had a job to go to. Right. So I started work on the... 6th of January 1963 as a trainee survey draft. Okay. So who was that with? That was with, um, at the time, it was, the company was called Palmer Bruin and Walpole. Mm -hmm. um, probably the oldest established surveying firm 
in Newcastle. They go back to 1890s. Wow. Um, yeah. And at the time, I was, I didn't like school. Yeah. I wanted to leave school. That's, you can leave, but you've got to get a job. Mm-hmm. My tech drawing teacher, that was a subject that I loved. I did three okay. years of high school. One of them was technical drawing. Mm-hmm. And I showed some ability at that. And in those days, quite often a prospective employer would approach the various schools and say, and in that case it was, you got any young blokes leaving that are showing a bit of ability in mm-hmm. drafting? Mm-hmm. And I was, my name was given to this surveying firm, one of the principals. I had an interview and got the job. Wow. That's a that's that's really big for a fourteen year old. It 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 was. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my starting salary starting to sound all of my seventy three years now <laughs> was, was five pound one and threepence. And the one and threepence I paid in tax. So five pound ten dollars. Wow. Is what I started work on. Uh-huh. Um, just catch the train to work. Uh, from where I was living. I lived in the, that stage I was living in the industrial suburb of Newcastle called Mayfield. Yeah. Um, which wasn't all that far from the BHP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a train station down the way, too young, have a car down, catch the train, a student discount. Because I didn't want to be spending too much of that five pound one and threepence on no, travel. Def- definitely um, not. How long did yeah. it take you to get into? So were they in the city in Newcastle? They were in the city. Um, it was about oh, five minutes to the station and then twenty minutes on the train. Mm, okay. But travel in the Newcastle region is is a nothing burger comparison to Sydney. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> so how long were you doing that for? Was that like a trainee type sort of? Well, well, it was. And in those days, you'd appreciate this, The there was no TAFE course locally yeah. in survey drafting. Mm-hmm. We, we studied by, and it was called, I think it's now distance learning, but then yeah. it was correspondence and you did your lessons and you mailed them off and then you got another one back with comments from your previous one. Um, that last, that was 63 to about 68. I'd almost finished the course and then I further discovered wild women and beer and <laughs> decided that I this was a bit boring this life yeah so once again I went to my old man and said look I'm sick of this I want to you know I'm going to leave and he said well you're not leaving unless you've got a job yes um so I'll kick you out of the place you can leave but you've got to be working so I went over to the BHP walked into the BHP at And they put an application form in front of you. And as long as you could make a cross on it, you were hired. (laughs) That that was the interview. So I had 
I worked at the BHP as a labourer for three shifts, all the you know day work, afternoon shift, dog watch, and as a I was old then, say 17, 16, that was really life experience. I'm here with hardened, yes, tough men. Yeah. So I learned very quickly some picked up some life experiences. <laughs> um, then I had an opportunity. One of my mates' fathers said, Look, there's a job going as a where they're hiring psychiatric nurses. And I thought, I'm all of 18 or 19, and as soon as he said nurses, I got really interested. The hospital that I went to work at had something in the order of 250 female nurses and about 30 male nurses. Mm. So that was very attractive from a young man's point of view. The only reason I got the job, which I found out very quickly, was that they needed some particularly big, strong backs to help move the more difficult patients. Yes. So that was a bit of a disappointment to find out they only wanted my broad, not not my brain or my beauty. (laughs) (laughs) So that that was really good. I enjoyed that. Then I decided that I really wanted to get back into the survey drafting side of things. Mm Did, before you I go got a, on, did, did you ever, you were doing the survey drafting, surveying wasn't even on your radar of wanting No, it wasn't on the radar. No, yeah. no, I, I was, you know, I was, I, I enjoyed the interaction with the surveyors. Yeah. Yep. Giving them a hard time about their dodgy field notes and how <laughs> ordinary their, <laughs> their plan drawing ability was. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can imagine the feedback I got mm. about mm-hmm. draftsmen and not really knowing. Yes. You know? so, <laughs> anyway, um, I got to, uh, I got back into the survey drafting side of it, uh, finished my drafting certificate. It was a certificate then, mm. which back then was really the, I feel was the equivalent of a higher diploma. They were really powerful, those yes. early certificates. Yeah. There was a, Really, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to why I've made that statement. Mm-hmm. So I'm suddenly seeing the surveyors come in and then I got to hear of the relative salaries of draftsmen and surveyors. Oh. So I went out in the field a few times. The boss was really good he, and, and he, his draftsmen had to go out and work in the field so they get an appreciation which i suddenly got of sometimes the physical difficulty of taking measurements well, i'd say to a surveyor oh why didn't you measure that when you're out there he said well there was there was an edge of a cliff and there was a ravine and i couldn't get across it you know we're talking tapes and chains yes. um yeah measuring bands glass yeah. arc yacht lights mm. so this wonderful total station thing just wasn't on no. So I then hit harsh reality. I applied. I decided I wanted to be a registered surveyor at this stage, all at about age 21 by now. And the only way I could 
become a registered surveyor. That was right at the end of the, um, what would they call it? The, almost like the apprenticeship system. Whereas you didn't have to have a degree, you served time with a master surveyor oh, and you yeah. passed the board's exams mm -hmm. and they were classic exams. Mm -hmm. Then you went through a, you know, like a, a, a practical exam and, and the like. So at, right at that stage, that idea was being scrapped and the basis of being a registered surveyor, you had to have a degree. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I'll just go and get a degree. <laughs> well, as a person that only initially his education level only got to intermediate certificate. Yes. So that would be year nine. Ne never matriculated. Mm -hmm. The universities all up at down the east coast just literally said well you know sorry mm. we're not letting you in you're a unqualified uneducated sort yeah. of person yeah what had happened was the university degree had just been established the first two years of it at newcastle and the professor that was instrumental in starting that was a, a, a dr laurie white Mm. And he had gone to Western Australia to start the surveying degree at the West Australian Institute of Technology, which has morphed into Curtin University. Yeah, yeah. So I wrote to him, and God love him, he, he wrote back and said, if you're prepared to travel the X number of thousands of kilometres over to here, I'm prepared to let you into our degree. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that was based on the fact that I had got my certificate yes. at TAFE and he knew the calibre yes. of the studies I had to do. So he said, well, I'll accept that as, a, as the equivalent of matriculating. Mm -hmm. So that was the start of it. So I went over there, spent three years, graduated in 74, and unfortunately, WA was just starting to, when I graduated, it was the end of one of their inevitable mineral booms. It was the end of the, the nickel boom. They speak about a mine over there called Poseidon, not like the Poseidon adventure where the ship crashes and tips over, but it it meant the place was going down. There was no, and if, yeah. if the place had been booming and still working well, I would have stayed in WA. Mm. But I'm now this freshly minted graduate without a job. Yeah. So I wrote back to the East Coast, and believe it or not, I wrote to the firm, this Palmer, Bruin and Walpole, that I'd worked for as a draftsman, and they accepted me back as now a, a trainee surveyor. Fantastic. I traveled all the way back over. Yep. And went to work for them. And in working for them, uh, my master surveyor was a, a guy called David Ronald Walpole. And for six months, I went out in the field. They, they run the luxury of a three person field party. Okay. So there was the registered surveyor, an old school super U Butte Cheney, mm -hmm. who was magic he did 
Yes. And me, the snotty nosed <laughs> draftsman that, that thought he knew everything about surveying, practical surveying, but knew nothing really. Yeah. yeah. Six months with him in the field, being mentored by him, I reckon was the equivalent of six years mm. of learning on the job. Mm-hmm. He's a tough taskmaster. He, I think I've still got scars on the backside from where I got kicked into shape on the odd occasion. <laughs> Um, so I went back, I worked two years, I still wasn't registered and then a job come up at the local TAFE teaching surveying, survey drafting I applied for that and got it and while I was at TAFE I was there for four years till 77-ish, around about while I was at TAFE the just so happened that the principal of the college was a registered surveyor that had gone through the um, TAFE system and got into management. Uh-huh. So principal of Newcastle TAFE uh, at, at Tyres Hill was probably about one rung below being a principal maybe at Sydney. Right. You know? So he said, we'll encourage you to complete your registration. So here I am teaching, whole new ball game, and they gave encouragement, gave me the time to finish. I did my exams, the projects, Centennial Park, all that old school yeah. stuff. Uh, eventually got through that. And they also sent me to Sydney Teachers College two days a week in first year of my first year of teaching Gosh. and one day in second year to do a, a grad diped, which yes. I did. Yeah. yeah. Certain irony there is that if I applied today to teach at TAFE, that qualification, I believe, would not be accepted because no. I haven't got the Cert 4 in. Yeah. 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 So anyway. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> that's my torturous trail of how I got into surveying. So I was four years at, uh, sorry, at, at TAFE teaching yeah. and then I got this death wish about wanting to start my own business. Because what happened, because it was such a big college, there was so there was something like 800 teachers. It's like a mini community. Yeah. So if, if, if you wanted to build a brick barbecue, you went down to the bricklaying section, <laughs> you spoke to the brickies, and yeah. they come and did it that weekend for you. <laughs> you, know? and you. So I was getting all these people coming to me saying, oh, I need some surveying work done. Mm-hmm. Could you do it? So I'm caught between a professional dilemma. I started to do some work, and interestingly enough, I had permission, signed off by the principal, to do uh, to do private work, and also to keep the money that I made from that private work. That was the rules at the day. The attitude was well. By doing this private work, you're keeping yourself up to speed with what surveyors really do outside of the TAFE environment. Therefore, you translate that knowledge to our students. Mm-hmm. So, currency today, industry currency. Yeah. <laughs> so that was how I got... I'm having trouble hearing you. Oh. That's what's happened. My... my 
brand new, um, what's it called? Brand new uh, uh, Apple Watch yes. just said, He's talking to you. You're talking. I can't understand what you're saying. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> it's okay, Siri. <laughs> it's funny. I, I was speaking to uh, Craig Roberts today and we were talking yeah. over talking over Zoom and all of a sudden Siri said, what can I help you with? <laughs> like, no, I don't need any help. I'm talking to Peter. And it was like she, she turned around and said something like, oh, okay then, you know, and turned herself off. <laughs> yes, yes, Technology. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, so it's really, yeah, so that's the whole background. I, yeah. I then made the decision that I would start from scratch, hang up my shingle and start a practice okay. from scratch, which yeah. probably it went well when yeah. I started. Yeah. Early 80s, we had the depression yeah. that we had to have from Mr. Keating and others. And what saved my life, and here I am with a, married with a start of a young family. Mm-hmm. How am I going to put groceries on the table? I'm not getting any work in the door. And I went back and did some part-time teaching at TAFE. Ah, oh, okay. And that carried me through till things picked up again. Yeah. So, so have you I, always, since you started your own business, have you worked for other companies or you've always just done your own business? After I started my business in 1977, I own, I've never worked for another company other than as a, a locum yes. or doing jobs for them by referral. Yeah. Uh, and by then, by the time I started to do that, as I said earlier, I think that they weren't afraid of me. They knew that if I went to do something and I met one of their best clients, I wasn't going to white anthem and try and steal that client. Yeah. And and that, I think, has stood me in good stead right up till now. It's why the firms have got no worries at all, you know. Mm. I, I have a I – I keep their confidence um, and don't try and chase their clients. So that has meant that I get extra work from that part. I did one locally about three years ago. It's a local firm. Small firm, been running for 20-odd years. Their current registered surveyor is a female. She went on maternity leave at six months away. Without a registered surveyor, that firm would have had to close. Yeah. Um, They had two good technicians. Yeah, it was a whole – it was a family firm, if you like. Right, okay. So they approached me. That's a smaller firm. And I had a most enjoyable six months working there. I didn't I didn't work every day in between. I was still doing a bit of my own, my own stuff. But uh, I tried to implement what I felt were some better practices. <laughs> it's just a way of doing things. Yes. She had some she had a fortnight's leave partway through last year, and they, they were going to tide themselves over, but they got so busy they needed a registered surveyor. They mm-hmm. needed someone. So I went back and spent a couple of weeks there, um, and I was delighted to find that something like 
60 or 70 percent of some of the suggested work practices that I'd implemented they were still doing so I went yes fantastic <laughs> and the thing is I learned different ways of going about doing things from them yeah well that, I mean that's uh, the thing you know you you wherever you start or whatever you're doing you you learn to do something a certain way so that's all you really know so when you have somebody else come in and say well have you ever thought of doing it this way exactly. and some people will go no 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 this is what we do but other people go oh there's another way to do it give it a go and then you know they might go oh yeah that's a great idea or no we like this way better but you know mm -hmm. i think it's fantastic that you can have you know these people with different opinions different ways of doing things and being able to to help others to make their, well, their, well, their company yeah. better. i have a philosophy too that um as you well know i've had done and continue to do lots of mentoring yes one of what i consider the highlights of my practice is taking on a first year uni student while he's he or she is going through uni Mm -hmm. and work maybe on their day off or two days off, yeah. come and work in the holidays. Mm -hmm. And I would suggest to them that this is good for them and their education. It's good for me, for them to be working with me. It's good for them. But I'd say, well, if at all possible, if you're lucky enough to get to work for a variety of surveyors, the surveyor's your boss and he says, this is the way you've got to do it. Yes. He's paying you the money. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's not causing danger to you or someone else, you do it that way. Exactly, yes. But you look at the way that they did it and they look at the way that other surveyor perhaps did it and that other surveyor that you've worked with. You take the best of what you consider the best of their practices, mm -hmm. you take that on board, and then when you become the registered surveyor with the responsibility you become your own person and you put your own spin on it, but you've learned all the good little bits from these other surveyors. Yeah. Discard their bad habits. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, there's probably a few of them as well. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's, it's good. Um, I, I like that, you know, there's people out there that are willing to take on, you know, students you know, whether they're from TAFE or whether, you know, they're university, first, second year, whatever. Um, and, and more so to me, the university where it's a lot more theory-based. So yes. when they can work in a company and get the hands-on and actually understand, you know, the practical to put towards the theory that they're doing, it makes, I think it makes it so much better for the student in the long run. Well, one of the young lads that come to work for me in first year, I was up front with him and said, when you graduate after four years, I'm not going to be in a position to offer you full-time employment, but I can almost guarantee that in that four years, working with me regularly, you'll have picked up some practical skills and knowledge that will make you highly employable at the end of it. Yeah. And I tended to get, not tended, I actually got a bit of a reputation around the traps. And I would get calls, say, have you got a, 
have you got a first year finishing up at the end of this year, John? Oh, okay. <laughs> and there was one lad, I said, he was my favourite, I guess, and I just said to him, look, I can put you on, I can give you a couple of weeks' work the start of January. Mm-hmm. Well, four days into it, into the January work period, on the started on the Monday for two weeks full time. Yeah. On the Friday, I got a phone call from a just looking for someone like this from a larger firm. He went for the interview and started in there on the following Monday. Oh. So <laughs> I, 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 yeah. So I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. And that particular person is now the survey manager of. He went, he worked there, then he got another job, and now he's with one of the biggest local firms as the, the manager of the survey department. This is one of the big firms that's got engineers and it's got um, tree huggers and bug catchers, you know, all, all those other things. Yes. And planners. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, so it was, I get, got, then I got great enjoyment from it and I continue to do that. I think it's From nice. It, yeah, yeah, it's nice to know that you're helping somebody um, with their future, yeah. and, and giving them, you know, the the basics, the foundation to build on, and helping pushing them in in the right direction to see that they're going to have have all the tools of the trade that they need to to have a successful career yeah. in our wonderful. I really enjoy it. I also had. I've also had, I'm trying to think of how many times, four instances where I taught a particular subject at Newcastle University. Mm-hmm. It was a subject called land boundary definition, which is which is the one and only cadastral subject that they did. <laughs> um, the lecturer at the time that was doing that was Mike Elphick, which I'm sure have you heard of Mike Elphick? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A legend, mm-hmm. right? And every six years he'd go on a, as the lecturers would, they go on a sabbatical yeah. and go back into industry. Mm-hmm. So while he's away, someone's got to teach. <laughs> and I say teach. <laughs> um, that cadastral subject. Well, you should have seen the rest of the university lecturers backpedalling. Oh, God, I hope I don't get it. Oh, Who are you really? going to call? So I got the call. Would you come and teach that? And I did. And we struck a deal where I was engaged as a consultant. There was all things had to happen. Yes. So I got yep. in the door. <laughs> so over a period of 24 years, every six years I get the call um, to, to, to take this course while Mike was away. And when he retired, it, it sort of all went differently. Mm-hmm. I could rattle off, and I won't, the names of so many surveyors. There was a small class of about anything from 12 to 18, I think, was the biggest. Mm-hmm. A lot, the vast bulk of those are now surveyors in positions with other firms higher positions and with I take great delight in being able to talk to them at conferences and the like mm-hmm. you know 
we, we share the stories and I just shake my head and I said, look at where you are now. When you first come into that class. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and I've even had some come up and say, after, quite after event, it took me a while, but I eventually worked out what you were talking about because <laughs> a third year surveying student at the university without a lot of practical experience, you start cadastral talk and goes over their heads. Right over their heads, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, which I'm sure at the TAFE level, you would have experienced that and can relate 100% to what I'm saying. Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, you find that the ones that are working, you know, are picking things up and understanding things more. The ones that yes. aren't. Um, yeah, yeah. struggle and you know it takes a lot longer for for things to start kind of click in but yeah as you call it we call it the light bulb mo moment I think that's uh, the, the teachers oh, I can breathe they've they've got it kind of you can you know you get that satisfaction of knowing that finally um, that switch has happened and they now understand and can actually put it into place and start using using it yeah. mm. the um... The brighter students and the more experienced ones used to hate it when I'd divvy up the field groups because you'd find three that were really good and quick and they wanted to be the group. Yes. Uh -uh. Split them all up. <laughs> yep. Party leader, party leader, party leader. Grizzle and grumble and say, well, this is part of your learning. Mm. Suddenly you're the boss and you've got to be instructing those two other people in your group because they were dead set keen to get the prac out of the way and gone gone yes so, uh, <laughs> yeah so anyway that uh, initial resistance but I think in the end the bulk of them appreciated I was forcing them to go to another level really early in their career and I'm sure that helped them when they did get out of the place oh most definitely I think it would you know you, you always see, you know, when you do those sorts of things that you can see who who has that leadership ability in how they take yeah. on those positions when they're still learning. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that was, um, that's brought me up to speed, or you up to speed, <laughs> where I'm at at the moment. Um, still doing a bit of field work, still doing that. I've, I've got clients that will ring me up and, the clients I'm working for still are the ones that ring up and say, I need this done. When can you do it? And I go and do it. They don't ask for estimates. Yeah. They know they're going to do the job, blowing their own trumpet. But if I don't, no one else will. Nice. Um, they're going to get a good job. And I tend to say, oh, I'm six hours on the job. I, I should have done that a bit quicker. I bill them for five. I, yeah. I, I, I haven't made a lot of money and never will from surveying. <laughs> but I've um, been able to support a try and uh, I sleep straight and well of the night. I've got no problem with what I do and how I've done it, how I go about. Yeah. Quality over quantity. Yeah. Mm. I'm in a happy place too that because I'm the boss and all the expenses now stop with me, if... It needs six hours of quality work to finish what on paper looked like a three-hour job. Mm. Six hours get spent. Yes. The next job that I might have allowed four hours for and I knock it over in two, well, that helps 
So it all comes out in the wash. Swings and roundabouts. Yeah, swings yeah. and roundabouts. I hope you enjoyed part one with John today. If so, please like, subscribe and leave a review on my channel. Stay tuned next week for part two. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox.